Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collector Podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing uh, late on Thursday evening, early Friday morning, I guess. Joining us from New York City, where he was at the Garden tonight, where it was rocking for the Knicks' ninth consecutive win, despite being down quite a few players. Jalen Brunson gets named to the All-Star team, then drops 40 on Indiana. Tim Bontemps. Hello, guys. Yeah, I don't think there's a higher popularity rating for maybe anybody in New York City right now, certainly among athletes, than Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson, then uh, just a little bit of space, Deuce McBride, right? <laughs> Listen, you could probably you could probably put every guy on the Knicks right now. Just that the the garden the garden loves hard nosed teams. This Knicks team, it we'll talk more about them, but it's it's the definition of a hard nosed team led by Jalen Brunson, who never shows any emotion and almost was crying on the court. I wouldn't say almost. MVP. There was water in those eyes, baby. Yeah, he, he was getting MVP chance after making the All Star team. It was pretty. It was pretty cool. Pretty cool night at the Garden. Joining us still in Minneapolis. Holy Moses, is he moving up there in February? Ben McMahon. Howdy, partners. I tell you what, man, it's just been nice weather. Uh, you know, the, the it has been nice here. actually. It I walked my dog in shorts tonight. <laughs> people up here are so friendly. I can't wait to go back to Dallas, though, where I know everybody misses me. By the way, they're Cozy Earth Shorts, part of our new sponsorship Ooh, here wee. at uh, the Hoop Collective. And they are they are nice. That's an un, uh, unfettered, uh, unrequested endorsement there. I do Open believe I have tonight. a package waiting on me upon my return home. I'm looking forward to. You should. If you got shorts, you're looking, you should be looking forward to it because they are they are very nice. All right. Uh, so, Bon Temps, the Knicks with nine straight wins. Uh, they get two all-stars named today, uh, Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson. Uh, some some news on uh, Randle uh, with his shoulder injury. Um, just wanted to know uh, if you could take us through that and uh, just what the scene is like over there at the Garden right now. Yeah, so Julius Randle going to be reevaluated in two to three weeks with this dislocated shoulder. Um, <clears throat> Tom Thibodeau got asked uh, by our old pal Ian Begley if they could rule out surgery, and he sort of said, I don't know what's going on with that. Um, and I think it's noteworthy that it took several days for there to be even this update on Julius Randle. I think he was getting a bunch of opinions one way or the other. I'm not sure. But, you know, as you have said, these shoulder injuries are tricky, especially with the guys we know, like Julius Randle, maybe outside of Giannis, the most physical player in the league, certainly in a forward spot. Um, you know, so we will see what that looks like in the coming weeks. But no, no, Gian and Obi. No Quentin Grimes, no Mitchell Robinson, no Julius Randle. Does not matter. The Knicks play the Pacers. They can't hit a shot the entire game. They're down most of the game. Also doesn't matter. Jalen Brunson, really a guy who never lets anybody see any emotion at all. He clearly was angry about foul calls all game. He was very demonstrative with the officials, which he usually is not. And gets hit in the face with two minutes to go, clearly, by Andrew Demhard. Gives up a layup to put the Knicks down. Looks like maybe things aren't going to go his or the Knicks way. He comes down, immediately gets an and one on the next possession. Misses the free throw, leads to another bucket. It was sort of a storybook night mentioned before about his reaction after the game on the court. And it's just like, you know, this Knicks team, It's we've talked about them a bunch, but it's built in the image of their coach. They just show up with a lunch pail and work every day. And Tibbs, who, as we know, is not exactly a sentimental guy or emotional <laughs> guy publicly. Well, he's emotional. His emotions are all one direction. There's only one. Yes. <laughs> but I, I thought I asked him about Jalen Brunson making the all-star team and the scene after the game. And, you know, Tibbs, as we know, has known Jalen since he was a very small kid. And I thought it was pretty telling how he started talking about even when Jalen was a little kid, he would come to the games and be mimicking with Charles Sprewell and Alan Houston and Patrick Ewing. Didn't mention Rick Brunson. Thought that was noteworthy. Mentioned every <laughs> other guy in those Knicks. Uh, but you, he was like a parent talking about Jalen making the all-star team and said, there's always been naysayers at every step of the way. And this guy has always proved him wrong. That's true. At every turn. And That's true. You can just see how much the Knicks love Jalen Brunson within the locker room. All those guys were super happy for him to not only make the all-star team, but to play the way he did today. And it's 
Was he doing it's a any pretty cool story. Was there any <laughs> liaison? He did. He did. Tibbs was freaking out after a turnover in that last minute. And Brunson basically told him, hey, chill out. I got this. Then went to Precious Achua and said, my bad, and calmed things down. He definitely yeah, it's, did. It's, it's just it's quite a scene at the Garden every game right now. And, you know, you got Mike Walchewski on the, the microphone going crazy when he's making these plays. And you mentioned Deuce McBride. He has stepped in and been great. He had a bunch of shots to help turn this game around today. Dante DiVincenzo didn't make a ton of shots today, but made a couple huge ones down the stretch when it mattered. Crowd's loving it. Got LeBron and AD coming here on Saturday on national TV to play. 8.30 on Saturday night against the Knicks. Crowd is going to be absolutely lit. To, to maybe play those two. Wow. Well, and, and we'll hey, they, maybe the Lakers don't need them. That's right. Maybe they don't need them. But I'm sure the crowd will be completely lit on Saturday. And like you said, nine in a row, 15-2 and two since the start of the year. People here are in love with the team, in love with Jalen Brunson. It did. It's, it's awfully fun to watch. It did help the, the uh, Knicks that Tyrese Halliburton is still on a minutes restriction um, when he played 22 tonight yes didn't play in the fourth quarter they also are down for their top eight players yeah today um he came to the game wearing wendy you cannot give fashion advice you can't do this. i can on this one it's some kind of crazy like leather trench coat no no the trench coat i'm glad he was wearing the trench coat because it covered up the <laughs> leather the all leather I think Tyrese has slightly better fashion sense than you. He are. does, but this no, one was he a doesn't. foul. He doesn't. This was he a has foul. more expensive fashion sense. But it's <laughs> this ugly. was a foul. He wears a lot of ugly stuff. I mean, he does. It was, he was wearing a diarrhea-colored all-leather outfit. What do you want me to say? That's what it was colored. And it was a rare L for Tyrese Halliburton on the day he was named All-Star. Or I guess he was named All-Star last no, he was week. Named yeah, I was going to say, he was an All-Star a week Don't ago. bring that to, don't wear that during All-Star weekend. Jeez. By the way, what, is, what do you think is going through Rick Carlisle's mind while Jalen Brunson, the guy who he demoted during his last playoff series with the Mavericks, Trey Burke was getting minutes over Jalen Brunson and Rick Carlisle's last playoff series. And Rick talking pregame, all oh, the haters and detractors have always been down on him. It's like, uh, Rick, you're the one who pulled the plug out. I'm in a game seven. Well, I was so going through Mark Cuban and Rick Luka Doncic's mind today. That's more what I would like to oh, know well, than, uh, than yeah, Rick Carlisle. Yeah, Jason Kidd, too. You know, I, I mean, it was, but here's the thing it was already over by then. Like, he was already a Nick by then. By when? Or that was in his last year? I thought it was his last year. No, no that I'm was in his second season. That was the year, year. before. Oh, yeah, the year Carlisle's before. Was third and yeah. Oh, Carlisle's last year. Right. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then by the way, don't don't it wasn't the Mavericks didn't make it make a tough decision. They they did here's a no. Don't don't let the Maverick don't let Mark Cuban and the Mavericks off the hook. They never made him made a difficult decision. They said, Oh, the Knicks are offering you that. We ain't coming close. Good luck. So Well, yeah, I mean, um, they did have to pay a second round pick for tampering. I, I think that. <laughs> yeah, boy, Ooh, really regret that one. <laughs> best best second round pick they've made in a long time. Yeah, yeah. best second round pick the Mavericks made was Jalen Brunson. <laughs> yeah. Look, one of the things that's important in the NBA, and everybody has their wins and losses. You go to the best executives, and they have wins and losses. Is evaluating the talent of your own players. Yeah. Not only do you have to evaluate the talent of you know draft picks, evaluate the talent of guys and other teams evaluate the talent of your own players that's that's super duper important um because uh you know sometimes you overvalue your own players and sometimes you undervalue them um yeah i think fa all fans can sort of appreciate that um by the way tonight the Knicks had three guys precious Achua, isaiah hartenstein and josh hart out rebound the pacers by themselves which i think sums up uh the way this team is playing at the moment they are as will hardy said the other day he said it about Isaiah Hartenstein, but it really goes to the Knicks as a whole. They are relentless from top to bottom. Yeah. So the question will be how long they're going to have to start Precious Achua and Hartenstein as their starting front court and whether that will catch up with them. Uh, so they they didn't have uh, OG Ananobi. He'll come back. I guess he'll probably start at four. So it won't think. be Achua. Yes. He will start um, for Precious Achua once and then he's you able have, to play. Uh, You've have uh, uh, Hart start at three, I guess, or you could start him mm -hmm. with yes. the forwards. Isaiah, um, uh, Josh will Josh will start with uh, 
with OG whenever OG because comes Precious back. Achua played 43 minutes tonight. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously Tibbs likes him. Yeah, <laughs> you know Tibbs likes you when he plays you into the ground. It's uh, it's, <laughs> it's his love language. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but it will be interesting to see if the Knicks have uh, they haven't felt the loss of Mitchell Robinson and they haven't felt the loss of uh, Julius Randle yet. Well, as we talked the other day, they're down four rotation players today and Evan Fournier didn't play. I think it's safe to say that Evan Fournier is going to be turned into some player Tom is going to play between now and next I Thursday. think they're trying to do that, but I wouldn't say it's safe to say that. You know, I, I'm going to say it now. They're going to they're going to turn him into some player Tom will play between now and next Thursday. Yeah, Fournier, it, it's actually French for trade exception. <laughs> it is not French for that. And if you look up what it's French for, you're going to be very upset. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Google it. But do especially not. with the injuries the Knicks have, I, I, I'll bet that Evan Fournier is not on the team and he has been turned into a player by them. Well, as we, we talked about the other day, they don't necessarily have to do that. Um, they have to make a decision on which direction they're going to go. But, you know, the one thing about, uh, by the way, Jackson chimes in that was awesome for the uh, Knicks to get OG Anobi and the pressure Sachua trade. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they do have to make a decision on whether or not they want to dip into their, their asset pool to do that. Also, Randall's going to be reevaluated in two to three weeks. One thing worth pointing out is that one of those weeks, there's not going to be any games. Is That's right. The, uh, the well, all-star, all-star game. All-star so, game that he's probably yeah. going to miss. Oh, he, he ain't going to be playing in that. Yeah, uh, Adam, Adam Silver's going to be having two injury replacements in the Eastern Conference, one for him yeah. and one for Joel Embiid, unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah. On both counts. Right, and, and one of the guys who has a chance to get one of those, Jared Allen, uh, got dinged up in the Cavs win tonight over Oh, uh, the windy lobbying campaign. There it is. There it is. Subtly, subtly. A subtle subtly. start to the Jared Allen <laughs> lobbying campaign. I don't think it was very subtle, pal. Oh, he yeah. had his, well, while I'm at it, he had his 17th consecutive triple-double. Uh, you know what? I think Seventeen consecutive triple double. Let's settle down. What with I double, I'm double. sorry, double, double. double. Actually, <laughs> hold on. Let me double check. I believe they took away a rebound. Yeah. Oh, they Ooh. did. Fourteen and nine. Wow. Oh hey, look at Wendy. He's trying to inflate some stats. He's oh my triple doubles. Get... He's giving him an extra rebound. <laughs> Wendy, uh... let's at least. Hey, we can make a solid case for the guy without inflating his stats. Come on, bud. <laughs> the Cavs have won thirteen of fourteen, and he's got. Triple or double doubles in 13. You did it 14. again. I know. This guy, obviously, a Freudian slip. More Hoop Collective podcast after this. The Knicks fans got upset at me today because on TV I said that the Cavs were tied with the Bucks in the loss column. And they were like, no, 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 the Knicks are ahead. And I go, yeah, I know. I know. Don't you uh, hate when people state simple facts without any opinion? I mean, that's that okay. really it just means that, that upsets they're a lot of, yes, it's, <laughs> it's just that, that that's a good way to really get people upset. Uh, yeah. Um, and anyway, uh, so keep an eye on that. So the all-stars were announced, uh, on Thursday, the sort of surprise in, in the league, I think was that Devonta Sabonis, no Kings, either Sabonis no or Darren Fox got in Mike Brown. Well, the surprise, I mean, the surprise was that Carl Anthony Towns made it. They made it over, over them. Over well, a bunch and of honestly, I was surprised that he made it over Rudy Gobert, too. Yeah. And obviously, if you just look at the offensive numbers, then it's no question. But, like, the Timberwolves are the number one team in the Western Conference, primarily because they're the best defensive team in the league. And Gobert is obviously the best defensive player in the league right now. So that, that surprised me a little bit. Not that... You know, I th- well, you know, the, case, the coaches, the Western Conference like coaches read the feature that was on ESPN that ran on Monday on Carl oh, yes. Towns. And but hey, listen, the windy, windy bump, the windy jinx has been shape. reversed. Once, once, windy, <laughs> once Wendy's on your case, you know, you're you're in good shape unless it's for the MVP. And then he ha- had to stab Embiid in the back at the last minute and vote for Joker after lobbying against him the entire time. But yes. I am not going to take the bait to correct the record. I did vote for Jokic, but I'm not going to take the bait to correct the record. Like, like you said, Big Ben, I mean, I'm Carl's had a great baiter. You certainly are. Carl's had a great year, but I, I was definitely surprised that he got that final spot. I, I would have thought Rudy would get that the second wall spot over him. 
I would have honestly thought De'Aaron Fox would have probably got a vote or get gotten the spot over either one of them, given he's averaging almost 30 a game. Um, so that was well, a bonus surprise is, the way that played out. Sabonis is like not far off from averaging a triple double. Yeah, and Sabonis yeah, has been really good, but away. I think yeah, I know I think you don't think Fox, Sabonis is any good. You don't. You don't know. <laughs> I've never been an all. I think they're going to get. I would have thought that De'Aaron Fox would have been the king that would have been picked. I would. I'm surprised he didn't make it. I tell you what, I, after watching the Lakers tonight, I can't believe Austin Reeves was snubbed. The Lakers should have had three. They should have been the first nine or ten seed with three All-Stars, in my opinion. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, I was surprised, no Kings. And it, it's interesting because... Mike Brown was uh, not happy. He gave I'm some sure quotes to Anscape oh, yes. tonight. You know, the, the Wolves were kind of lobbying for Rudy to be their second guy not not kind of in in uh in Ant's case I went to Wolves practice today and, and Ant talked and <laughs> he was awfully entertaining he had a lot of funny things to say but he, he was asked about all-stars and you know how he'd feel about making it uh he was an injury replacement last year and like everybody knew he was going to make it but he said I could give two f's but he said the whole wide word <laughs> I could give two f's but I really want Rudy to make it for sure so that that was interesting, and Cat was asked about it last night, and you know, Cat uh, he gave a, a longer answer, but essentially what he said was, "We're number one in the West, so it's a good time no matter what." Like I think Cat was kind of bracing to to not be an All Star, but you know, he's like, "Hey man, life is good. I'm not sweating it." Um, Rudy absolutely wanted to be an All Star. I don't think he hides that he cares about awards and accolades, but. They are number one in the West, so you know he's a front runner for de defensive player of the year, and he's making forty some odd million. I think he'll be okay. Well, there well, may you know be what? another. If somebody is going to get two votes. At least it is the two guys. Like you know, if it is a bit of a surprise, Carl made it. Even if I would have voted for Rudy, it's nice to see the team that's first in the West get a couple guys. Like they I had agree. a great year, they deserve I it. And there may be another All Star from the Wolves, and that would be Chris Finch, who I think um, <clears throat> it's through this weekend. Is it? this week Sunday. So I, Sunday. I'm pretty sure if they win one more game, they would clinch it or, or, or if like there's a couple of losses by other it's Almost teams. like you read my story. Yes, well, that is correct. You they win words in it. If they win, if they win both their games, he definitely will coach in the all-star game. If he wins one of them, I think uh the Thunder could get it if they win both. And so, said he wanted to hear Chris Finch's press conference and somebody to ask him about shot selection in the all-star game. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Chris Finch is one of the gives gives best one of the best press conferences in the league, and I like that he wears his like um, 1960s style glasses. He brings them out and puts them on in the press conference, like he's the uh, professor. Um, great <laughs> in papers. Professorial little vibe. About he does. Him. He does. Chris and I connect on a special level. What's that? Which is uh, Ohio State football, and we were very oh, you know we're, you know oh, we were God. very excited talking about the transfer portal the other day when I was were you excited that. talking about the national championship game this year? No, we were not. We were talking about the transfer portal. And by oh, the way, Michigan right. earned it. Like, okay, we you can go to Matt. We don't need. We, yeah, we don't need to do whatever. Anyway, fine. Um, by the way, by the way, so, real quick in the East, just so people in case that's people what I'm care, say Tibbs. Watch out for the old the old Tibbs. The the Bucks are on the no. West Coast. What? No, you know the best case scenario is the Bucks are the Bucks don't win again, but Doc Rivers is the All Star coach. That's the yes. best case scenario. The Bucks who have lost their first two games at Doc Rivers lost Wednesday to Portland. If they lose their final two games and the Knicks beat the Lakers, uh, Bucks play in Dallas Saturday and then in Utah Sunday. Pretty brutal back to back. Uh, if they lose both those games and the Knicks beat the Lakers Saturday night, Tibbs will be the all-star game coach. And if either the Bucks win one of those games or the Knicks lose Saturday, Doc Rivers, who was hired a week ago, will be the all-star game. Maker. No, we, ne happens. we need the scenario of the Bucks lose them both, but then the Knicks also lose. We need all, we need all-star snub Austin Reeves to have another big game because the most hilarious possible scenario is Doc Rivers is winless as the Bucks coach and is on the All-Star bench. <laughs> it's going to be a great press release. Um that this happened when Ty Lue replaced David Blatt. Uh that is true. he he inherited it and took over. By the way, the the reason it's second place is cuz Joe Mazzulla was is not eligible because uh they he was the All-Star coach last year. Um that's right. so that's whoever is in second uh behind Boston 
um, we'll uh, we'll get that. Um, so when you, when you look at the uh, you know the overall All Stars, there was not that many surprises. I think it was a it was interesting that Paolo Bancaro, mm-hmm. uh, who's having a great season for the Magic, Magic have um, cooled off a little bit um, in the uh, in the second half uh, of the first half. Um, but uh, Bancaro's had a terrific season, and it's hard to make your first All Star team. You kind of gotta if you don't get voted in, you kind of gotta do it by a touchdown, uh, because you know the the voting with the coaches. The coaches are loath to give you know second year, thir- you know third year guys their first nod. So like Bancaro getting that, and you know he was um, he finished. Re- you know he had he had pretty good votes. I mean the the player voting is a scandal. Uh, it's just a scandal. Our <laughs> our guy joke. George Niang, did you see this? Our guy George Niang got 15 player votes. Um uh from uh from the player votes, he got 15 votes from players for so it wasn't even just his Cavs teammates, there was Cavs teammates and other people. Hey, we he love the mini he was More in votes Utah. Uh, listen, he's beloved around the league. Come on. That's right. Clearly. The mini Clearly. He's definitely a winner. Definitely a winner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um Jackson tells us that Paolo and Shaq are the only two Magic players in history to be Rookie of the Year and then named an All-Star the following season. Not bad company for Paolo. That's not bad at all. Um, very versatile player. So that was uh, a good thing. Not much of a surprise, but you know, you never. Well, quite knew I about was it. surprised. I was surprised the Celtics He's... and I was surprised Porzingis wasn't an All-Star. I was surprised the Celtics didn't get a third. They had the best record in the league. Now, <laughs> hard to make that case right now after they just lost to the LOL Lakers, but minus LeBron and AD, but I did think Porzingis would, would get a nod. And then <laughs> listen, I know I know the Hawks aren't good, but man, Trey Young's got massive yeah. numbers for a guy who's not an all-star. Trey Trey Young should have been an all-star for Paolo. I mean, I Paolo's had a nice year. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, but Trey Young should have made it. Now he didn't because his team stinks and the coaches didn't vote for it because of that, obviously. But number wise, it's not debatable. Well, he's also a, to put it politely, a polarizing player among yes. coaches in particular around the league. I would and say. players. Well, yes. yeah. Well, period. But he yeah. he is he has had an all-star caliber season and for a variety of reasons was not recognized as such. And yeah, look, if I was picking a second Celtic, I would pick Chris Porzingis. Ramona wrote a great story oh. about, no, I'm saying I would have picked him over Jalen Brown. I mean, Jalen oh, Brown made it. Yes, yes. But yes. I, if you're picking a second guy behind Jason Tatum, I mean, Porzingis has been at least their second best player this year. Mm-hmm. Rona wrote a really good story about Porzingis' fit with the Celtics today. He's been fantastic from them from day one. Wouldn't shock me at all if he's named yeah. as an injury replacement. And also, like Jimmy Butler is one of the ten best players in the East. I would have put him on the All Star team over Paolo also, but. He yeah, we know you're not. There, a, we know so you're not. A, you're not a Paolo fan. We know that. By the way, I mean, Paolo's, What are you doing? Paolo's a good player. <laughs> Relax here. <laughs> uh, Bam Adebayo also featured in ESPN.com in the oh last my month. Gracious, what, what are, is this guy like doing? A, do you get an all-star bonus for every guy you write? About? No, but Clearly. I'm just saying, like you know, <laughs> going out there into the field and like you know doing stories on guys who are going into the seasons. field. What, yeah, what going into the field. Here? Oh my this God. The only the field you're going into is the corn field in Nebraska. <laughs> Shut up. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. Lord both of mercy. those, both of those in Don't the field. Don't be telling me and McMahon about going Seriously. into the field. What are we Get doing that. here? Enough, on, man. Enough. Going into Enough. the field and, and, you know, pulling important interviews out of these guys that you know help their profile as they listen that's why luca keeps getting voted on their all-star because i write stuff about (laughs) so much positive stuff (laughs) yes (laughs) listen luca didn't need any assistance he got in you know these other guys you know they need they need you know these are two guys that are under underrated hey you know what else else when he did he got lebron some mvps he sure did Got yep. him his rings, got him his MVPs, he got did, Donald's all American back in the day. Nobody would have known not, LeBron if no, not for Wendy. Nobody those those guys did not suffer from hey, from lack of attention. He also got a certain Frenchman, his first Western Conference rookie of the year, or I'm sorry, rookie of the month. Oh, oh, Freudian slip. Up. Oh. Well, I tell you that that race is 
you know, we'll get to that later on. Tonight's an all-star, but that rookie of the year race is going to be a humdinger, gentlemen. Listen, Brian's discovery is going head to head. It's going to be very difficult for him. Except it's Wendy's not, going to split the boat. It'll be like going. it'll be like the J.K. Grant Hill year. Wendy's going to organize <laughs> this thing to make sure the boats are split perfectly. Make sure they're both standing there holding the trophy. <laughs> That's right. Get, get two hands on it. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, so uh, we'll see two other uh, all stars named in the East with uh, Randall and, and Joel Embiid uh, likely replaced. And I think you're right. I think Porzingis will have a strong case. Trey Young will have a strong case. And I think your guy Jared, Jared Allen will have a strong case. Typically, what happens is when there, unless there's some sort of critical mass of the position, typically, even though it's technically Adam Silver's call, typically he will just go to who is ever next on the list. Yeah. Um, who but got which we don't know votes. the list of voting, so we yes, don't know who that will be. Yeah, it's not it's not uh, public. Um, so, and I guess if there's a tie, he which can, is gutless, by the way, the media has to have their votes public. And I'm not saying I'm not saying you got to put the coach's name next to the votes, but tell us what the tally was. Tell us what the ballots ended up at. I would agree. That's the second All Star reform I would have. The other one would be that there would be more than twelve players. Fifteen. Um, it's time, dude. It's time. Yeah, well, I saw George Carl tweeted tonight that he said when the when they expand, and when the NBA expands in a couple of years, which is likely that they should expand. I I would agree if you have thirty two teams, yeah. and you've got the same amount of all stars. Well, just you've got fifteen the, active roster 70s. spots now. Right. I mean, it's like right. there's no reason to still be at twelve. Go to fifteen. Well, there we've talked about it before. There is a reason, you know. There is a reason. But yeah, okay. So sort of depressing news about Joel Embiid. Mm. Uh, you wrote the newser on it. Uh, covered the Sixers and talked to Joel all year, uh, Bon Temps. Um, a meniscus injury is how it was being termed. Yep. And the timeline has not been decided yet. Uh, it was not a good sign, not only that he limped off, but that they sent him home from the road trip. And never good when you get sent home from the road trip, especially with a knee injury. And, you know, the thing about meniscus, I'm not an orthopedist, but, you know, there's multiple different things you can do. Yes. You can rehab it and not have surgery. You, depending on where the injury is on the meniscus, you can have the meniscus trimmed where the cartilage is cut away. That is a quicker recovery, but sometimes more more of an issue long term. And then you can have the, you know, or you can have it totally removed. I mean, I don't think they really do that anymore, but there was a time when they just took it all out and said, okay, bone on bone, enjoy your life. And then you can have it repaired, which it kind of depends on where on the meniscus it is. And the repair is a long term recovery. So, Bontemps, that course of action is a pretty big thing hanging out there in the Eastern Conference right now. What's going to end going on with Embiid there? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, as you know, as Adrian has reported, they're going to analyze their different options, and we'll see where things wind up. Um, but ultimately, it's just a real bummer in general, yeah. right? Like, Embiid has had such an unbelievable year, just scored 70 points last week. Um, he's averaging more points in minutes played, or scoring more points in minutes played, as we've talked about. And, you know, if you want to look at it optimistically, he's been dealing with this knee issue. I mean, not maybe I shouldn't say this knee. He's been dealing with issues with this knee for a while. And, you know, if he can come back this year and get several weeks off, not off, but several weeks to recover now and get healthy, perhaps he can come back before the end of the year and be healthy and going into the playoffs, he can finally have a healthy playoff run, which is what he's always wanted to do and never been able to but there's also the possibility that this is just another year where one of the best players in the league and a tremendous talent is going to be banged up when it matters and we're not going to get a chance to see what this guy will look like in the playoffs fully powered and that would be a shame because it would be you know it's just as somebody who really enjoys watching high level basketball you want to see the best players at their best when it matters. And we just haven't had a chance to see that with Joel yet. He's obviously a massive guy who's had a ton of injuries over the course of his career. And it's just bad luck and unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, best case, like you said, is that he is able to be back, get his rhythm back before the playoffs roll around. You know, obviously the MVP stuff that that's over with, he's not going to play 65 right. games. He's not, you know, it, it's unfortunate, but that's just that conversation is over with. You know, you can cross him off the list of candidates as spectacular as he's been. It's just not a, yep. a possibility at this point. 
So let's hope that uh, surgery is not necessary. Let's hope that he can, uh, you know, rehab that thing and be back sooner than later. And like you said, have a uh, have a good. Well, it's also possible he could have surgery and also come back. I mean, again, it depends on the nature of the surgery. Yeah, that's I you know, eight years in college, no medical degree, but I don't like those odds. Well, like I said, I just you know, hopefully. Hopefully he's able to be back by the end of the regular season and we get to see him in the playoffs because it would just be a shame if we go through the playoffs and we don't get to see one of the best players in the league out there because the Sixers have been a fun story. And, yep. you know, they're in a dogfight tonight with Utah. They're trying to go through this road trip without losing all the games and trying to, you know, stay afloat in the East, what's been a rough period for them with all these guys out. And, you know, we'll see ultimately what happens. but. You know, there. I would expect that by the time we get around to the trade deadline next week, we're going to have an idea of how long Joel's going to be out, and it's mm -hmm. going to be very interesting to see what the Sixers do. But I would assume, I don't know, but I would assume they're not really going to change their priorities that much either way, because regardless of what happens with him, they've got to, to me, still be showing him they're pushing towards trying to be as good as possible. That would see them make some moves to make this team better, but we'll see ultimately what happens over the next few days. Yeah. Tyrese Maxey has 49. We're doing this right now in live. Uh, Maxey has 49 points. And it's a one point game in the last minute. Um, he might hit 50. Has he had a 50 point game? Yeah. Nobody else has. No, he had a, he had a 50 point game against the Pacers, which like who hasn't, but it was impressive. <laughs> no, it's all, it's still impressive. It's just more, yes. it's just more frequent. Yeah. So the Sixers, there, I'm going to be honest with you. There's not a lot of uh, buzz out there that I've heard, at least. I'm certainly not the arbiter of uh, trade rumors, but there's not a lot of buzz as to what the Sixers are going to do. Um, sometimes you get a good feel. Even if teams don't do it, you kind of get a feel, especially for a team that is uh, expected to be so active. There's, and I, In fact, I've even talked to teams who are saying, you know, not real sure what the Sixers are going to do mm -hmm. because they have a lot of options. They're obviously not going to say, okay, well, let's go get a center, you know, to uh, replace Joel Embiid. That's, you know, that isn't, and that isn't a, a thing. Um, and they've got one. They got B ball Paul Reed, baby. Yeah. He uh, had 30 in his first game where Embiid got hurt, but he has uh, not had 30 tonight. But um, you know, even if they do get another big man, it's not a, it's not a guy that like, you're not replacing him. But, you don't uh, think he's you're not, you're not finding another Joel Embiid. Yeah, you're not yeah. finding another Joel Embiid walking down the street. I know, but I still team. yes, you know, and I know that, but I still see fans say that, like, you know, okay, go and get a replacement. I don't um, I don't think fans are saying go get another Joel I'm Embiid. Telling you, I'm telling you, what happen. fans are you talking to? Like <laughs> where where are you finding I'm these talking people? to fans? He's who... out, he's out in the field. He's That's out in right. the field finding the fans out That's in the right. court fields, telling them what's going on. I'm definitely out in the field. <laughs> Can't you make like some kind of liquor out of, out of, in the way to make like corn in the liquor? I think you're talking to those folks in those corn fields. <laughs> Listen, man. Or, I, or maybe they're packing those corn cob pipes. Somebody has to go to interview players at five star hotels. It's got to be done. Okay. Oh, Lordy. Uh, yeah, they're coming, to, they're coming to see Wendy at the five-star hotel. Exactly. <laughs> I'll have you know that, well, I won't even say that. No, you got to say it now. You can't have us know and then not tell us what we should know. You know, the, when I went to interview Carl, I stayed at a, a three-star hotel. But when I, I mean, he wasn't staying. He was staying at a five-star hotel, but I was staying at a, arguably a two-star hotel. So just what you think, don't make assumptions there, buddy. Okay, sure. Okay. Good good to know. This reminds we'll, get me, the, we'll get the violin out. Seriously, I asked for some violin music last <laughs> pod. You did not grant my request. If we can't get violin music, there might be a boycott. <clears throat> Again, I am not I am just saying it to correct the record because you sure. are, you know, you guys tend okay. to stretch it. Um the thing about the 76ers is they have to decide whether or not they want to protect their cap space. I, I I, I know a couple of things. One, that this free agent market isn't that exciting. Two, that Daryl Morey is always two steps ahead. Whenever Daryl's yeah. doing something, you know that he's got some sort of plan. And even if the plan doesn't always work out, he always has got something going on. So I'm sure there's some strategy that he has mapped out that he's put a lot of thought into. But one of the things that they could do is, you know, the old pre-agency where they basically do free agency before um the summer by by trading expiring contracts which they have a lot of for guys with malt with long-term deals 
and there has been some interest in the league from other teams. Will they go that route or will they try to protect it? And, uh, you know, I think it's also not uncommon for Daryl to negotiate late, um, to hold his cards in tight and then negotiate right at the end. And that might be one of the strategies that he's going on too. that he may not get serious. I mean, I was talking to some, I was talking to one team today and they were like, we've got an endless amount of time between now and the deadline. And you do seven days. I mean, there's, there's a lot. Um, and so, but the Sixers, if they, if they think that they're going to get Embiid back, there's no reason for them to, like Bontem said, to alter their plans. Mm-hmm. They should, um, they should go forward and, uh, and do what they're going to do. And, and the, the big challenge for them will be the bidding wars that there's going to potentially be because there's not that much talent out there. And the one thing that is interesting that Bobby Marks tweeted about and that several executives have echoed to me is that all these, all these teams that are trying to sell players, most of them want draft picks for them, mm-hmm. but the teams that the buyers, the, the buyers, they don't have picks. Right. And okay, McMahon bringing the vocabulary. Big day. Hey, if it's the two buyers, syllables, the buyers two syllables or less, I'm in good shape. Right. The buyers don't have the picks. And the, the teams that do have the picks aren't necessarily incentivized really to be buyers. For example, the 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 Thunder don't necessarily need to buy. The Jazz don't necessarily aren't in the market to buy. The Knicks. No, the Knicks are an interesting one. Yeah, but they've made a trade already this year as a buying trade where they didn't give Nick, up any like, first. Like I said, the Knicks might move Fournier with a, with some, they got a ton of second round picks. They got ways to move him to get a player, but they're saving their assets for bigger fish that aren't available. Right, yeah. but the nuance is that... Yeah, the Spurs obviously aren't buying. Right. The, the nuance is that the currency, the trade negotiations are hampered because there's a bit of a freeze in the movement of first round draft picks. And what uh, what Bobby said is that 75% of all tradable first-round picks are in the hands of 11 different teams. And a big majority of these 11 teams are not, act, you know, that, I'm not saying they won't buy, but they're not actively buying. And, and this right, and comes... Then, uh, several teams have none. Cleveland, Denver, right. Minnesota. Milwaukee, Minnesota, Phoenix, none. More Hoop Collective podcast after this. So where this this what and this leads me to, to what I'm bringing this up to guys. I want to discuss the Lakers real quick because Bon Temps has been campaigning for the Lakers to consider making a trade for a guy like Dorian Finney-Smith mm-hmm. because even though he is a role player, that he would fit on the Lakers and help them more than a, a player like maybe even Dejounte Murray, who is not an exceptional shooter, although he's having a good shooting season. And this is where you get into a challenge with this particular trade market. Because the Lakers only have one first-round pick left to trade, which is that 2029 pick, they are under an amount of pressure to make it a major upgrade. Mm -hmm. It's harder for them to justify acquiring a role player with that last first-round pick than it is to go out and get a guy who's been an all-star like DeJounte Murray. And so you have situations like this dotted throughout the league at this trade deadline that are, are slowing things down. And, you know, and it's, or you it's, could argue that most of the trades just happen over the last week anyway. And that's really just going to be what the discussions are over the next week. Yeah. I mean, there's already yeah. been a, been a pretty decent flurry of activity like the Siakam trade. <laughs> you don't like calling it a blockbuster, but it's blockbuster ish. You know, OG the- trade. The, yeah, all the, the all the, the star trades trade earlier were, in the season were pretty significant. Uh, Dame Holiday, J- James Harden. Yeah, I'm not sure the the injured for injured uh, Grizzlies Rockets swap qualifies as <laughs> a blockbuster, but it, it was a trade at least. Well, certainly an interesting trade. Yeah, yeah so that trade, uh, Stephen Adams got traded for Victor Oladipo and three second round picks today. That trade just went official a few minutes ago. Oladipo is, I believe, out for the season, and Stephen Adams is out for the season. Yeah. Um, really, this is a move by the Rockets to get a veteran, I assume would be a backup. To, yeah, it'd be a backup. Uh, Alpi Shingun, um, yeah, they, next year. And, you know, obviously, Shingun is, is 
their stars, their best player, but they see Adams as a guy who can play 20-ish minutes, probably on the lighter side of that. But what does Emir Doka value, right? He values toughness. He values physicality. I mean, there's not a tougher, more physical player in the league than Steven Adams. And and the risk is, how is he going to come back from this surgery and, and having missed basically by that point a year and a half of basketball? But he's got one year left on his contract. And again, he is about everything that Ime Udoka wants to his his teams to to be about. And they see him as a guy who can really help them in that limited backup role. And then for the Grizzlies, you get a little draft capital, but it's a, it's a salary dump. I mean, they're ducking and dodging luxury tax moving forward next year when Jaws obviously on a max deal, Bain's on a max deal, um, Jaron Jackson Jr.'s. I don't have the number in front of me, but he's, he's making twenty some odd million. Yeah. Um, Smart's got a, you know, and Smart's got a significant contract. And I'm not saying any of those guys are bad contracts. I don't think any of them are. But if you've got other significant contracts. They also know everything about Stephen Adams' knee condition. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not sure. Well, by the way, Maxie got to 50. There you go. Well, well, look, go ahead, Mipian. How's it? You know, it was a it was a strange saga with his knee injury that was originally supposed to be a three to five week thing, and then he wasn't going to have surgery, and then oops, he needs surgery. I'm not sure how much everybody was on the same page there, so it might have just also been time for those. By the way, this is we, I just joked to... about not joked, but discussed pre agency about Philly. This is a this is pre agency. That's a free agent for move sure. essentially. Well, here's yeah. the other thing about this deal too, with Stephen Adams. With Jalen Green, who will be in the last year of his rookie deal and Mm -hmm. is going to be an interesting guy to monitor going forward. And then the combination of Jock Landale, who's got a non-guarantee for next year, $8 million. Jeff Green, who's got a non-guarantee or partial guarantee next year for $9.6 million. And Jay Sean Tate, who's got a team option for $7 million. Between those five guys, that's $40 million in salary. Mm -hmm. And all, all expiring. And... You know, the Rockets had been linked to, you know, other players who have money for next year. They could combine some of those guys maybe to get somebody like that. And then all of a sudden, like we talked about the other day with the Knicks, the Rockets who have all this draft capital and have been looking around for for players, all of a sudden could have $30, $40 million in expiring salary with draft picks to with start Brooklyn's offering around. Draft picks. Right. To start offering around for significant addition this summer so yeah no that's they, another they, part of this to think about too yeah they're star hunting and you know they want to get to phase three as fast as possible especially now that it's it's glow oh, hey shingun's a star caliber player man jabari smith's really coming along Ooh, van vliet's a leader he's a winner you know brooks is <laughs> you know sometimes he does stuff that uh makes you shake your head but he's he's helping them win games <clears throat> so yeah they they if they could, they're going to be in the hunt for stars for sure. Whatever stars become available, they'll be aggressive. And with the Brooklyn picks, it's not just that they have some picks. They've got Brooklyn swaps that could be significant uh, value in, in, in uh, potential trades. And I was personally a little surprised that they sort of let Memphis off the hook, I thought, in this deal. Because like you said, Memphis really needed to get out of this money. I'm not sure there was a huge market. For Stephen Adams' services, I like Memphis did pretty good to get three seconds to get out of that money when they've got a pretty, like you said, they got a lot of financial stuff to deal with over the next twelve months. And for them to get out of that, to get out of that was pretty big, pretty big win for them, especially to get some assets back with it. Yeah, I th- I thought the era of the second round inflation might be over after last year. If we've seen like Jay Crowder getting traded for five God. seconds and stuff, because that was a little bit wild, but. Maybe we're not. If Steven Adams, who's not playing this year and is in a salary dump, gets three seconds, maybe we're not. Um, I don't know, man. I I know there's value in second rounders. I have a hard time giving a crap. I do think it's hilarious. That well, you Thunder... better be ready to buckle in for night two of the NBA draft Listen, coming to you live have... from the Seaport Studios <laughs> in, in New York City in, in June. The Thunder have 21 second round picks available to uh, <laughs> to trade. 21. Right, which is why it might not be the worst idea in the world to spend two on a rebounder or three or, or twelve. Who gives a crap? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they they don't matter until they do. 
You know, that's the thing about second round picks. Until you need one to seal a deal. I get it. Yeah, but speaking of the Lakers, so they had an interesting day on Thursday. Um, you know, when McTen gets befuddled, that's it's not a normal state of affairs. McTen has seen just about everything you can see with the LeBron situation. McTen got befuddled on Thursday when, you know, the Lakers had announced that LeBron and AD were <clears throat> questionable. That has happened a number of times this year, and they have played almost every time. Yep. They they were coming off of a back-to-back where AD missed a game, but this morning AD went through shoot-around and spoke to the media. That is not something that would happen if a player is about to be ruled out. Maybe if he got out there pre-game and like warmed up and right. it just didn't feel right, but going through shoot-around and speaking to the media is something you do on a day you're going to play. Dave was saying that LeBron was out there going through the film you know, in the portion of shootdown that was open to the media, LeBron was going through film and he has again, been questionable with that ankle soreness and calves. Uh, I think it's shin soreness for weeks now. Then they rule both of them out 30 hours after LeBron tweeted, tweeted the hourglass emoji. And Ooh. it certainly sent off some eyebrow raises. Um, Probably some I, eye rolls too. Yeah. As I said, look, it's not my ankle. I, 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 but I, I did know this, like, LeBron does believe that, and he has for for years now, that he has a certain responsibility to fans. Mm -hmm. And he made the decision a few years ago that if he's 50-50, he's going to play. And if he's 60-40, he's going to play. He is sort of opposite of the recent trend on that. He plays. And this year, it's almost always been play. He's had a, I think he's had a couple of times when he's been out with his ankle, but they were almost... I think ruled the day before. I think if he's been questionable game time, he's gone. And I know that he has said, like, you know, he does it for the fans, except maybe for the fans in Boston. I was going to say, <laughs> there might be an exception in one city. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure LeBron likes to leave his hotel room when he's in Boston. And so I, I think that, you know, that was a little bit of an asterisk. But with the hourglass emoji, you know, what I'll say about LeBron is this there have been multiple times in his career where he has, pressured his team in whatever ways he does it often through passive aggressive action to make changes either in the summer or at the deadline, but it's happened at the deadline on a number of occasions. And no matter what you want to say about his tactics, whether this is a tactic or not, boy, did it feel like it. I mean, you're tweeting an emoji. It's a tactic. Yes, it's a tactic. Of course it is. I know. Just, you know, it's, he's got deniability, but it's weak deniability. (laughs) He doesn't for the most part. When he has pushed his teams to make changes, the it worked out for the teams. As much as you can say worked out, no, you know, reaching sir, the finals. We're not, no, we're not doing. Oh, that absolutely, he, absolutely. No. It's happened three or four times. Okay, where he it's has wor- you pressured his team out, and gotten what he's wanted. It's worked out on several occasions, but we're not going to say we're not going to give LeBron GM credit when he was the one who was primarily responsible for the Russell Westbrook. Oh, of course. No, I'm not saying that he hasn't contributed getting them into this situation. I, I want to be clear with that. I'm not saying that he, he, he wasn't a factor in why they need a midseason overhaul, but several times he has pressured his team to, 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 to into stuff they didn't really want to do. And it has worked out for the team. Did they, uh, did that Russ trade befuddle Mac 10? I don't remember, but it should have. I was befuddled. (laughs) Were you befuddled bond temps? No, I wasn't. I just knew it was terrible from the jump, and I was correct. <laughs> you were very fuddled. I, yes, very well, fuddled. Like, they you they know, fuddled it up, that's for Even sure. last year, <laughs> uh, his last year in Cleveland, um, 2015 in Cleveland, all these were times where he agitated for changes. They made changes, and, that, and those teams... Yes, I was, I was speaking to somebody the other day who was uh, part of that 2018 Cavs team about that infamous night before the trade deadline when LeBron <laughs> hit the game winner and Isaiah was trying to celebrate with him, and it was very obvious <laughs> that Isaiah was going to be gone. Yes. That was a all-time, all-time moment. All-time moment is right. But look, again, like the Lakers are sitting at 500, like we've talked about. Those guys, they didn't play today, but they've been great. They've basically been available all the time. They're sitting ninth place in the Western Conference. Are they going to do something? Or are they going to wait until June when they have three first-round picks instead of one to do something then? We know what LeBron is going to say. LeBron's going to say it's time to do something now because it's always time to do something now. But let's see what they do over the I, next uh, the next week. It's going to be very interesting I to watch. I don't have the words to articulate 
how much LeBron does not care about a 2030 pick swap. Oh, yes. I have the words. He doesn't care at all. The end. It's less than that. Complicated. He cares less than zero. Yeah, that's yeah. tough. I mean, tell you what, though, Rob Palenka has to care about him. And man, those 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 can blow up in your face. You know, the Mavericks gave up a 2030 pick swap to get Grant Williams that sign and trade. 2030 pick swap with the Spurs. And I'm telling you, man, that's cause for concern. Well, and look, it also is worth remembering the Lakers have repeatedly messed up their team building for years now. Yes, they did win the title in the bubble. Obviously, that's mm-hmm. they flags fly forever. Never have to say you're sorry if you win a title, as Brian likes to say, all true. But the reason they're in this spot is because of repeated mismanagement of their roster, which is why their yeah. team isn't very good and why we're sitting here again talking about do they have to go do something at the trade deadline to try to make this team better because they're in the same position year after year after year because they keep making similar mistakes. Well, they they pulled a stunner and won in Boston. Austin Reeves was his game of the season. They really just had a super hot three-point shooting game is what they did. Uh, 19 of 36. Um, that will do it. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure. I didn't really see any of the game, to be honest with you. I was locked into Cavs Grizzlies, if you want my honest assessment. Oh, wow. Uh, showing, his, showing his fandom. It was a two-point game with like six. Out. Isn't it, it like wine a, and gold? It was a two-point game with wine uh, and gold. with uh, like six minutes to go. You know, there were there were two-way guys playing for the Grizzlies, but that's not you know. Dude, that's, not that's every game. That, like, I know. Scotty Pippen Jr. starts for them now. Scotty Pippen Jr. actually played a very good game. <laughs> he's he's played well for him. Gigi <laughs> yeah. Jackson didn't play well tonight, but he's been really good for him yeah. on a two-way really good. deal. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so the Lakers. Uh, do get that win. The the Celtics, by the way, have lost three of their last five home games. I think they started. Um, they were twenty and zero. Yeah, at all. Yeah, I think I, I think the Celtics might be kind of counting down the days to the All Star break, and they 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 might need to snap out of that a little bit here. Although well, Celtics, the- other than Celtics, other than Jason Tatum, were eleven for thirty eight from three two on a night. The South the the Lakers were 19 for 36. Like sometimes it's a make or miss league and it was very much a make or miss game in Boston. Yeah, well, I would, they, they still have a, a four and a half game lead over the second place team that has a winless. Code. Right. They're not exactly getting pushed. They're not exactly looking in their rear view. Yeah. I mean, I guess the Knicks and, and the Cavs are coming, but they're, you know, the, the bucks and the Sixers are, their two prime rivals. No, um, it's, no. Yeah. So, um, but still take your hat off Lakers got it done and that's a great that's a great win i mean look yeah. especially with where things are at i mean that's a there we talked about the other day they got a tough schedule i mean no lebron and ad nobody thought they were winning that game tonight no. against the best team in the league and they go in there and win that game they get back to 500 they come you know i'm sure i would expect lebron <clears throat> and ad to play saturday at the garden lebron loves to play at msg you know abc saturday night game should be a lot of fun like you know if they get that game they're sitting a game over 500. They go to Charlotte, a team that's obviously focused already on the summer. Uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't assume that the Knicks have won nine in a row and are red men untouchable. No, I'm not <laughs> yeah, saying win. they're going to, I'm not saying they're going to win the game, but it's I just this, mean, it's Mac 10 or bond temps. Well, no, listen, <laughs> the USWB, where is he? You get a, you get a win. You get a surprise win like this. The Knicks are banged up. Like if they can come here and steal a win all of a sudden, like, you know, it could give them some momentum the other way. We'll see. And all of a sudden, you got to flip that hourglass emoji, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Say it and go the other way. (laughs) All right. Before we go, it's February 1st. Actually, it's February 2nd. Got to the the important part, finally. That means that we just had a whole month of NBA games conclude, which means that there was some clutch play. Cajones were called for. You know what that means, McMahon? It is time, time to shine. <laughs> time for the segment that gives hang time a totally different definition, boys. Here we go. <laughs> Cajones Factor, Player of the Month. Uh, oh, God. I'm going to skip past the honorable <clears throat> mentions uh, and get right to the uh, the brass, the brass bronze, whatever you want to call it. Joker. It seems like forever ago, boys, but I don't think we're going to see a better buzzer beater then Joker getting the ball in the backcourt, taking three dribbles, pulling up right by the sideline about 40 feet away, Kevon Looney in his face, and banking that bad boy in. 
in San Francisco. The best buzzer beater we've seen all season. And by the way, I went back and watched that today. He celebrated that significantly harder than he celebrated winning the actual NBA championship. Because there, that one surprised him. The championship yeah, he knew he won go. for several days. Yes, it was just pure joy. Uh, his clutch numbers, 31 points, 13 rebounds, three assists, and 25 clutch minutes, plus 31, 67% from the floor. Uh, helped close out the the Celtics when winning in Boston as a road team was actually an accomplishment. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Joker, third place. The silver medalist here. And this is uh, on a team that we haven't talked a whole lot about this year, but they are kind of quietly playing respectful basketball like you know they're playing okay okay ball up there in portland in rip city baby anthony simons 36 8 and 5 65 from the floor in 35 clutch minutes boys nut cutting time and as you know that's a one possession game in the last three minutes 17 points on seven of eight shooting this dude beat macau bridges off the dribble game winning floater in the last second january 17th and boys, Dame Time came back to town, and you know who got it done? You know who got it done in Dame Time? It wasn't Dame. Anthony Simons, another go-ahead floater. The go-ahead uh, shot with 17 seconds left to spoil Damian Lillard's return to Portland. Anthony Simons. Haven't talked how, a lot how about, about Brooke Lopez year. looking off an open Dame at the end of that game? To shoot a 30-footer? <laughs> I don't care if we shoot an eight footer. Yes. I mean, I mean that was that was quite a quite a move. It, it seemed like a Dame moment. It seemed like a, a <laughs> probably should have had the ball in his hands. I think might let's, be right. Let's not harp on on the Bucks. All right. Yeah, you know, we we wish our former colleague, longtime colleague Doc Rivers, well there. Let's After as many give... weeks of service as Mike Breen <laughs> said so perfectly. Let's give Anthony Simon some props, man. Hey, the Blazers have won I think five of the last nine. You know, they're not rolling over. Chauncey Billups has those guys scrapping. Simon's been a big part of it. And then the gold medalist, a guy we have talked about a whole lot on the podcast this month. Boys, do you have any guesses? Been a hot, hot topic of conversation. Shay. I'm not going to. Not Shay. On the trade block. Oh. DeJounte Murray. That's right. Of course, I should have known. He had two and of I'll them. I'll tell you. Listen, I'm not going to read his clutch numbers because they actually stink. <laughs> but having said that, having said that, when you hit, hey, listen, a, this isn't a stats award. This is a this is an eye test award. It can be right. influenced by stats. The man had game winners in the final second or final few, couple seconds in consecutive games. Hit the buzzer beater over Markel Fultz to beat the uh, the Orlando Magic. Next game out, he hit a game winning pull up three with two seconds left to beat the Heat and. On Udonis Haslam night, on to spoil, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna make Udonis you gonna ruin his night in Miami. You you, right. you got some cojones if you're willing to take that risk, but I'm just telling you that right now. Udonis Haslam night, you know where he pulled up from, right next to that E and Heat culture. Take that you Heat culture, <laughs> take this, and that thing just flew over that entire paragraph in the paint. Swish. Right there, baby. DeJounte Murray, the cojones factor player of the month for January. As a fair, I think that's a very fair and uh fitting answer. Hasn't hasn't did he make another one versus Orlando earlier this season? Hasn't he hasn't he beaten the magic like I don't know if it was like last second? Hasn't he beaten the I magic? I believe twice? he had another game winner earlier this year, but I could yeah. be wrong. Yeah, I believe that is accurate. I I thought I remembered that. Um yeah, well, yeah, the other great thing, uh, watch going back and watching that uh shot against the Heat is the ball's inbounded and it's inbounded to DeJounte Murray and Trey Young's looking over the bench like call timeout, call timeout. I, I think <laughs> Trey would like the ball, but he was he was an eager participant in the celebration. Yes, Very he was. Good. Well, I would just say that as the deadline is a week away, there's a couple of teams that and this happens every year, but there's a couple of teams that sort of hold the activity of the market in their hands a little bit mm. and the hawks are definitely one of those teams not just with Dejounte, but if there's anybody else in that roster you know there's been some speculation that they may you know look to get their payroll a little bit under control going into next year they're gonna have to pay jalen johnson the guy's awesome yeah. 
And I don't, by the way, they don't have to dump DeJounte Murray salary wise. They sign him to a really good contract. I don't, I, I, a DeJounte Murray trade wouldn't be salary based. You know, that would be because yeah. the, the backcourt of he and Trey Young aren't functioning at the level they need to. But it wouldn't be stunning. This is a team that has made a couple of salary trades in the last two years. Um, and they got to pay some guys. So, uh, it, you know, they are a team, they could do nothing, by the way. But they are all a team that could could obviously trade DeJounte and they could even make another deal or two. Um, the other team I think that to keep an eye on is the Brooklyn Nets. Nobody is 100% sure. Maybe the Nets are sure. Or maybe they're not even sure. When you talk to teams, it's not clear whether the Nets are going to be buyers or sellers. Yeah, they they do have, despite not having their own, they've got plenty of picks. Yes. They want to be aggressive that way. But uh, <laughs> what's your thing about being a rebuilding team? Problem is you can't be you can't go into a rebuild when you don't own your own draft capital. That's right. Well, I just say if you're in a rebuild and you don't know you're in a rebuild, they know they're in a rebuild. <laughs> Trust me, yeah. they they kicked it off last year. They just don't benefit uh, from being bad, right? So that that reality is a thing. So you know they've you know there's you know there has been chatter like would they move uh, Dorian Finney-Smith? Man, would they move? They are they are not coming down on the price now. There's time to go, but right and you know would they move Royce O'Neal? For another uh, perimeter defender, you know, well, ben the other Simmons- team is Chicago. Like, what is Chicago going to do? That's the other team too, because they have a lot of guys. Or if they decided to move guys, they could move them for, you know, whether it's Zach Levine or Alex Caruso or Demar Derozan. Like, obviously, there's differing levels of interest in those guys, but they have a lot of players. And if, like you said, like sort of like Atlanta, if they decide to pivot towards hard selling, like they could really be a team that shakes up the market quite a bit if two or three of those guys end up elsewhere or they could look at it and say you know we could try to finish in the top 10 and try to make the playoffs and not do anything well and then i'm and then i'm quite curious to see what happens with malcolm brogdon and and tyus jones in particular because i think those two guys can really help good teams for sure you know tyus tyus would be tyus could be potentially interesting to where he ends up um by the way, one of the interesting teams is the Pistons. So you would think a team like Detroit, who is six and forty-one as we speak. Um hey, illegal breathalyzer reading though, baby. Uh they are one point one two eight at the yeah. moment. Yes, that's his that's his point. That's Uber time. Yeah, I'm just I know I'm just uh I'm just you know backing up an your, Uber sponsorship. Your by the way, Washington at point one nine one. You know that's a, that's an aggressive night, but that's still in that zone. In that zone. <laughs> it's it's it's. Because you have blown some sure. one nine ones in uh, in your heyday, uh, uh, brother. I'm, yeah, listen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Listen, back when I met Bontemps when he was in his twenties, the, the, that man used to used to party. Now he's just you know. Hey, Bontemps would be blowing that in, in, at six a.m. <laughs> anyway, I would uh, be okay. <laughs> not anymore back in his in his prime well, but, you i was know, not big uh, band knows what i'm referring to with that, <laughs> that. yeah all right anyway so <clears throat> there was some belief with detroit that they might not actually sell because they did not want to be the worst team in nba history and that even if it meant that it cost them a, a pick or something medium term they did not want to be sitting around having to look at uh, retrospectives in 15 years. Remember that uh, 2023-24 Pistons that won eight games? Dude, Um, they already have to because they had that losing streak. I (laughs) understand. They're already going to be an infamous team. I got yeah, you. Yeah, that's that's the people people were would remember eight a lot more than they do the losing streak. But because the Pistons have won three of their last 10, doubling their win total, and they've now got six wins, there's a possibility that Detroit might actually be more willing to sell than they were two weeks ago. I know that that logic doesn't sound like it makes any sense that a, a, a team being historically bad, getting slightly less historically bad would change their trade processes. But if you talk to people in the league, that is actually a, a concept that is potentially been positioned uh, by the Pistons. Yeah. going to um, be an interesting week. Let's hey, any, anytime, anytime you can be aggressive to, to chase double figure wins, I think you got to do it. Listen, the the all I tell you is that the Spurs are ten and thirty eight, 
and there are three teams that could potentially have a worse record than them. That's where we're at in the league. Two of them are already there. Hey, Pistons at Spurs is going to be one heck of a uh, season finale. There might be some history on the line there. Listen, all I know is Saturday night, I'm not going to be watching, you know, Knicks, Lakers. Okay. Cavs at Spurs. Big one. <laughs> it's a big one. Listen. Wembenyama, hopefully Jared Allen can play for the yeah, Wembenyama. Jared Allen Jared beats Allen. Victor Wembenyama, MVP candidate number one versus MVP candidate it's, number two. It's potentially I mean, head to head. Hey, you want you want to go ahead and plug your Cleveland radio gig while you're while you're here while you're. <laughs> no, it's not necessary. I um. Yeah, it's I, not necessary because you're plugging it all the time. <laughs> it was a it was a a one possession game in the fourth quarter. The Lakers game was. You'd have been watching it if it was a twenty possession game in the fourth. I would not. First of all, do you are you are you still operating with a single TV setup? A single TV setup. Yeah, like you don't have multiple TVs in my house. Yes. No. (laughs) Whatever. He doesn't even understand the question. Yeah, I can't. In your TV watching area, whatever your primary viewing room is, you don't have multiple TVs. Yeah, because I can't watch more than one thing at a time. Listen. Tim, this guy can't. If this guy's on the phone, this is something for the listeners. I'm sure Tim has experienced this. If if you're talking to Brian on the phone, he gets a text message. You go, hang on a minute. And there's a 45 second pause while he taps out the response on the text message. Then he comes back. I was right. I'm back. I'm sorry. Sorry. Had to had to do that. That is accurate. So he ain't watching two TVs at once. I can promise you that. I can't do that. I remember. Like 10 years ago, I went out to Vegas and I went to the, one of those sports books where they had every NFL game at the same time. Yeah. It was hell. I, no. I, I had no hope. I was like a child. So I've got, I've got two screens and my goal in life is to get at least seven. This is at how least, LeBron watched. Like, this is what LeBron does at night. LeBron, when he's hmm. not playing, he turns on six games or eight because he's got two college games on and he opens up a four-figure bottle of wine and he like computes all eight games at once and drinks wine. And like, that's completely un, I'm unable to even think about that. Well, other than the wine and the computing, I can relate. <laughs> yeah. Well, someday you'll have your six screens. Hey, if you have a phone and a laptop and a TV screen, you don't need anything else. I have been in worldwide Wob's house when he is going through a night when there's like eight or nine games. He he doesn't have six screens. He doesn't have the LeBron setup. He's got like a laptop, an iPad, a phone, and a TV. He doesn't need all that stuff. <laughs> Overrated. Uh, all right. Thanks for listening to Who Collected Podcast. Congratulations, by the way, to Cajones Factor Player of the Month, uh, DeJounte Murray. He is now side-by-side side with John Morant. Two guys just <laughs> having a blast this season. I don't remember who won in November. You'll have to... <laughs> Go back into the such uh, a prestigious. Archive. Oh, it was Steph. Steph, was Steph another was. guy having a blast. Well, yeah, of the season. Right. You don't want to. Here's the here's the real the real story, moral of the story is you don't want to win Cojones Factor Player of the Month. It means your season is a train wreck. I guess so. Uh, thank you for listening to it. Thank you to Jackson, our producer. Thank you to Bontemps and McMahon. We'll be talking to you next week. Adios, amigos. <laughs>